Pigweed here. Today we review a scout and discuss EV batteries. Hello and welcome to Beer in Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill. Good evening, Crow Hill. Good evening, Pigweed. So, uh, what's on your mind? Well, you know, what I'd like to do is I'd like the two of us to step aside for a minute okay. and let the uh, let the Ben Franklin players come in oh. and do, do, a, do a little presentation for us. <laughs> All right. Okay. Good. A smug, blue-haired liberal with an NPR tote bag insists on only riding in hybrid cabs, so he hails one. Uh, I noticed several other cabs went by before you hailed me. I only ride in hybrid or electric cars. <laughs> uh, I suppose you think you're saving the planet. Of course. Fossil fuels are killing us. Uh, if you say so, but do you know this? EVs are killing my countrymen. What do you mean? Uh, the battery materials for those EVs you love so much are mined in my country. You wouldn't believe the conditions. Children digging in the mud, poisoning themselves. I never thought of that. Well, then, once the batteries are made, they have a limited lifespan and need to be disposed of properly. That's an environmental hazard we haven't figured out yet. I suppose not. So, if you're so against EVs, why are you driving this one? I had to sign a deal with this company to work for them for 10 years so I could get my wife and kids out of the cobalt mines. They put me in this car. End of skit. <laughs> uh, yes. Good job. Very, very good job. Uh, good job. Wow. All right. Well, we'll unpack that. We'll unpack uh, that a later. little bit. Yes. And uh, let's unpack this. Let's unpack this. So this is, you know, I was supposed to get a French beer for our show on Foucault. And the first thing I saw was this chocolate hazelnut French toasted breakfast stout. <laughs> so it's not, so it's not, not all French that, at all. Not all that French. The Frenchiness part just comes from French just toast. Just comes from French toast, which probably isn't even French. Which but, probably not something that they... <laughs> like French fries. Yeah, like French. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So French toasted chocolate hazelnut breakfast stout. You know what? I think the only time in the world I've ever had a breakfast stout was when we did our beer fast for Lent. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I think I had a breakfast stout that time, but no, breakfast stouts yeah, are Yeah, well, not you know, that's... <laughs> it tastes syrupy. Mm. I mean, I'm, I kind of get it. It really does. Yeah. It, it almost tastes like toasty I'm drinking... And, yeah. Toasty and syrupy, like I'm drinking maple syrup. Yes, yes. It's a little so the, much, in my opinion. It is, but the next time I feel like drinking a 7% beer first thing in the morning... This might be it. That's not, not a bad choice. That's right. If, if you want to drink a 7% beer first thing in the morning, this is not a bad choice, but it is... But it's, it is it's a little, not something you're going to pound in a, no, on a hot summer day. No, it's a little, it's a little too sweet and syrupy mm. and a little much. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. French toasted breakfast stout. The uh, the good news is we got 16 ounces. <laughs> yeah, that is good. Great. Yeah. All right. So electric vehicles. So uh, let's get to the why are we doing this electric vehicle thing here? The, uh, I guess the argument is that the planet is heating due to carbon emissions. And so if we can replace all the c cars with electric vehicles, you know... Uh, make life better for us because a warming planet is less hospitable to humans right we're all going to die or or at least suffer a lot i mean 
Uh, that's, that's, that's the argument. Yeah, that, that, That's the argument. I mean, I'm sure there's some people that are worried about the snail darter, but I mean, ultimately, <laughs> it's that it's going to affect human beings. Yeah. Although, I don't... Honestly, how do we know that a warmer planet is going to be worse for human beings? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's, let's say that we accept all the catastrophic things. You know, the sea level will rise. Okay. So we'll lose a little bit of land. Right. But why is a warmer world a worse world? Isn't it possible that that uh, Canada would be growing more wheat than exactly? We do yeah, yeah. So things will shift, and- shift. Things will shift around a little bit because of, of a warming world. But is that necessary? Okay, I don't want to get too, no, no, too no, sidetracked. No, but, yeah. but, but let's just say how the argument goes. Okay, yeah. that the industrial age brought in, you know, these this, these pollutants mm-hmm. from fossil fuels, carbon emissions. Pollution is bad for the planet, and ultimately, what's bad for the planet is going to be bad for for human beings, right? right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, although in the last hundred years, weather-related deaths have dropped about ninety-three percent, and mostly that's because better technology. We can yeah. ha- we can handle things better. Well, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, and we can anticipate them coming. Exactly, we have radar and, and everything else. Yeah, and so you know, so in that way, we build we build better buildings nowadays than we used to. And we can we can warn people that a storm is coming. They can prepare. There's all kinds of so. And in this yeah. post-industrial world, uh, industrialization world, right? Uh, it, it, in what other ways has life gotten better for humans during this period? Oh, for having some sense. Uh, pretty much every conceivable yeah, way that exactly. you can think of. We, we have, Anything we have that you can think of. Be- better clothing. We have better health care. We have better. We have cleaner water. We have better f- access to food. I'm, Everything, everything. Every way that you would say that you prefer to live today and not in 1850 is due to fossil fuels. Yeah, for, so for let's example, not let's let, let's not just let's not just say that that was the worst thing that ever happened to humanity. Right. All right. First off, it's the best thing that ever happened to humanity. Do you like reading a book before you go to bed? <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. for example, what are you going to do? Light a whale oil lamp? Is that yeah, what you want? That's what, yeah, we should have just stopped right there. I know, exactly. We should be hunting whales and getting whale oil, and then we should all just live off of whale oil lamps. That's that's what we should do instead. Yes. All right. I'm not saying that we shouldn't look into alternatives, and yes, it would be great if we weren't belching so much smoke into the atmosphere. Sure, that would nukes, be, how about that, nukes? That would be good. Yeah. Uh, but the alternative needs to be cheap, reliable, and abundant, right? Mm. Switching off fossil fuels without a cheap, reliable, and abundant alternative will create certain sur- suffering right here, right now in the present, in order to minimize hypothetical suffering in the future. Yeah, so let's say all of a sudden some somebody says... Plastic is a dangerous thing, okay? And we really don't want to have plastic yeah. touching all of our food and everything everything else, okay? Now, would it be better if, like, all the food that's been touched with plastic is all thrown into a big garbage heap and now we don't have enough food, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, don't we have to have a transition into yeah. some other thing, right? You're going to take so, your chances with this. It's It's... So this thing, in broad terms, technology has allowed us to live until we're 90 years old, but it also might cause some people to die. There might, there might be some downside to it. Okay, fine. Yeah, sure. Let's, we should always be improving. We should always be learning. Absolutely. But come on, don't, don't for a minute pretend that people who were born a hundred years ago were better off than people who were born today. Right. That's just nonsense. Right. It's well, just toxins and pollutions. Is a... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Given, all given, those things are true. Given all of that. Yeah. 
You know what else came with it? Off. The medical technology and the fact that you actually have anesthesia when you go get a dose. That's right. And <laughs> and better access to food and everything else. Everything We're just like else. So I mean, every, better everything off. from uh, the amount of money, you, like you say, the amount of money you live on, uh, or you spend on food, mm-hmm. percentage of your of your income, mm-hmm. the uh, people in poverty, childbirth, I mean, whatever, anything you can think of. Right. So, and a lot of these things are directly the result of fossil fuels. Like, for example, fertilizer yeah. comes from natural gas, right? Yeah. Um, so, th- in the last, I don't know, 30 years, the percentage of people living in ridiculous poverty has dropped dramatically worldwide. And part of the reason for that is the expansion of access to fossil fuels. Yeah. Yes. And energy and fertilizer and, you know, basic things that we have because of this that, technology. Right, yeah. right. Environmentalists are fighting against these. Ask, we're going to encourage, uh, you know, traditional farming techniques. Uh, right. Yeah. You know what they want? A tractor and some fertilizer. <laughs> exactly. So that they can, so they can triple the yield yeah. of their food. And you know what? Well, is there some potential downside to the fertilizer runoff that's going to go to it? Okay. Okay, yeah. fine. We'll, yes, we'll, that has to be dealt with. We'll work yeah. on that now that we're all fed. Yeah, exactly. We're, How about feed everybody first and then fix these other problems? Yeah. So, yes, I am on board with going electric. Mm-hmm. But racing to an all-electric future has its own costs and contributions to uh, human suffering. Yeah. Right? So, for example, where do electric batteries come from? Right. So, really, that's what that's that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah. But we need a little setup. Uh, yeah. So, so I asked ChatGPT. Okay. What were the resources required to build an electric vehicle? And it came up with lithium, cobalt, nickel, manganese, copper, aluminum, rare earth elements, graphite, zinc, and steel. All right. Now, well, but. Uh, you still, what do you need just for a regular car? So you're still going to have your steel and your aluminum and some right. copper. Yes. Um, what else are you probably going to use? I don't got think some graphite need... maybe in, the, in uh, does that work for, is that used in? I don't think graphite is a big deal in, in uh, regular cars. But so so a lot of these things you don't, like cobalt no. is, is something that you need for the batteries. Lithium mm-hmm. you need for the batteries. Yeah. Nickel is in the batteries. Now nickel, I think nickel might have been used in some. Uh, plating on old cars, but I don't think it's as, it's much more important in electric vehicles. So when you switch to electric vehicles, you have a requirement for a lot of other kinds of resources that you don't need for a gasoline power. So there's all kinds of mining going on yes. and a an absolute scramble right now to secure these resources because everybody knows it's the future and the people who are the, the 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 poor folks who are standing above those resources um, might not be so crazy about yeah, so how appa- this is going. Apparently, cobalt, like the best source of cobalt in the world, is in the Congo. Ah, like the poor Congolese, I, they they just keep getting beat down. Like every time there's a new development in automobile technology <laughs> right all right so let's go let's, let's do a quickie on, on leopold ii of belgium <laughs> right the bastards the, yes. bastard, the bastard of belgium yes so he, he he this was not he saw all the european nations had colonies yeah the belgians didn't want to do that the congo was his personal project mm-hmm. it wasn't even a a, a belgian project 
anyway, the thing was we had autom uh, automobiles, one that needed rubber tires, and where where's all where the, was rubber? the rubber? It was, it was in, in South America yeah. and in the Congo. Yeah. And, and it was horrifying. instituted these horrifying practices where they would, they would force the people in the Congo to get produce a certain amount of rubber or like get their hands chopped yes. off and other, other just absolutely horrible stuff. So the Congo was completely uh, under the thumb of <laughs> Leopold the Bastard but to, to produce rubber. And it was the, or the um, Joseph Conrad's The Heart of Darkness yeah. is about his trip through there and the horrors that he saw. So, so yeah. So this, so the Cong so the Congolese then then they get the, get rid of the Belgians. They right. they get their own country, and of Finally. course you know they're in, mired in in civil war, and uh, but they're sitting on a lot of natural resources, including as you said, cobalt, cobalt, which is what we need for electric vehicles. So now. You have children digging in the mud in Congo to get out cobalt to make your electric vehicle. Aren't you proud of yourself? So what they do, they about twenty pounds of cobalt right per goes vehicle per vehicle right, which is about five hundred pounds of uh, raw of, materials. Uh, well, well, I mean of just dirt. Yeah. That then this dirt, so you dig out a, fa a whole family spends about three days getting 500 pounds of dirt over to some, uh, what, what do you call that? A sieve or a something. A sieve, yeah, yes. So you have to separate out, you're not getting cobalt, you're just, but you're getting rid of the dirt. Mm -hmm. Then you sell this, then you take, you know, your, your 100 pounds of slag yeah. over to the Chinese owned. Mineral factory, they take that, pay you, I think what they, they said, what, about $15 is what you'd earn in three yeah. days of standing in toxified water and for, to produce enough, uh, enough cobalt. For one electric vehicle. For one electric yeah. vehicle. So, so all you people who drive electric vehicles, don't you feel so very proud about how <laughs> you're saving the planet on the backs of these poor Congolese people who are digging this crap out of the mud? Yes, that is pretty much how it goes. And the worst part, is, so I heard another, uh, read another story about bauxite mm -hmm. in which Guinea, is aluminum ore. Yes, which yep. uh, for I think for the purposes of making the cars lighter, that car, you know, all cars have aluminum in them. Yeah, but electric vehicles have a hundred and twenty to a hundred and fifty pounds more of. Aluminum. Mm -hmm. So now you're again you're find you're finding these governments and corporations going into you know areas that were that were just farming communities and uh, digging up and polluting the ground and not really employing people. Right. Uh, right. And th now obviously this is this is one thing that a lot of people people have such naive views of the world. Nothing is. Clean or cheap or free. All right. Every, then hold on. There, what, what's Thomas Sowell say? Yeah there, yeah, there are no solutions, only trade-offs. Only trade-offs. Only trade-offs. And everything, like, okay, is is digging coal out of the ground a dirty enterprise? Of course it is. Is, is uh, drilling for oil a dirty enterprise? Of course it is. Yeah. Everything is a messy, dirty catastrophe. But the question is, which one is 
less of a messy, dirty catastrophe, right? Like you, you know, chopping you, down I, wood and burning wood is worse than coal. And coal is worse than oil and gas. Yes, but when you can move the dirty parts out of your eyesight, exactly, that seems to be the benefit. Yes, such as you know, uh, dirty coal burning electricity to power your electric car. But that's taking place in West Virginia. It's not taking place in my exactly. neighbor. Look how clean the air is here because of all the electric cars we're driving. Well, that's just coming from somewhere else. And then th- this, these. Uh, we All these have resources. That we have. This is this is the United States of America, bro. Mm-hmm. We have all this stuff. <laughs> no, we don't. But we don't want to. We we don't want to dig it. We don't want to. We dig. don't want the environmental damage in right. our backyard. We so so what you have is kind of like in the Hunger Games. You have Pan Am, which is the <laughs> you know the city uh, in the in the in the center in the where capital? in the capital where everybody is having a great time and they're dressed in their fancy weird clothes and they're having parties and all that, all that kind of stuff. And the people out on the margins are, you know, digging in the dirt and and living a horrible life. That's what we have with these electric vehicles is you have these smug Prius drivers who think they're saving the world because they're driving this. And they have no idea the what they're requiring other people to do to make that car. Yes, and this is... So for the environmentalists, this is, I mean, this is where, you know, the largest gorilla populations are Mm -hmm. and uh, poor people used to, I don't know. I mean, their lives can't be better from having access to, from standing in cobalt slag. Unfortunately, some areas of the world are so ridiculously poor that, it actually is better for them to be, you know, take these horrible jobs digging in the toxic mud, you know, to get. But but still, the point is, shouldn't we shouldn't we require that these people get uh, a decent pay? They get education that the children don't have to work. That all, right, all these so other I, kind of standards that we would normally apply to this. So kind of I, thing? I wrote this down. The, the the geopolitical costs. I said because China is. Eating, drinking our milkshake mm-hmm. on this one because they got in early. They saw this coming. Yeah. And they went in there and paid corrupt dictators and whoever else for mining rights. Yeah. And now they control everything from. So, the you know, uh, James, you know, James, the Congolese family guy, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's bringing his 100 pounds of slag over to the. Chinese factory and they're all but and the Chinese factory has you know machinery you know so there's yeah. not there's not, there's not the human rights abuses where they are but this all gets blended together there's no way to trace back what came from human rights abuses and what came from you know just machines digging it out of the ground right. also which is also doing doing damage so I had I said China China's is outflanked us and eating our lunch on this and then I thought or have they? Maybe they're like the standards of an American company pulling this out of the ground would be so high or right. so costly, or yeah. you would there would be so much pushback yeah. when when the New York Times goes over there to investigate the American mining company and the conditions of the people that are there. I think we might have just gone. You know what? 
Let's just let the Chinese do it, and uh, they don't care about environmental or human rights costs. And in the end, we'll get the batteries that we want. Yeah, is that I, possible? Is I, that too cynical? Or no, is that no, I think it's very possible because the, the same kind of thing has been going on with oil for quite a long time. You know, we we complain about oh, we don't we don't want to do this thing because it's too dirty, but we let somebody else do the same thing in their country. You know, like we yeah. we don't oh, yeah. we don't want to have certain uh, drilling practices here. But if somebody else does that, and then they ship us the oil, we'll go ahead and do that. Right, but China's got they 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 they're they're digging out the raw materials. Yeah, they're doing the refining of the raw materials, mm-hmm. and they're building the batteries. Yes. Now there's talk of of you know this Joe Biden's ten trillion dollars that are supposed to go to these companies to do all of that here, but. You're going to have labor and environmental restrictions that can't possibly compete with China's the cost lack of, a, of yeah, all co- of those. The things. cost of an EV is going to go from forty thousand dollars to like eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, well, but only if you tariff out their batteries because their batteries are going to be cheaper than the, yeah. than the ones that we can produce right. here. That's right. And we have so yeah, lithium is the big one. It's weird. Do you know how lithium the lithium works? You you there are these. Uh, you pump out this brine and you just let it lay out in the sun. So there are these big shallow pools like in Utah or whatever mm-hmm. that as they dry out and you put water back in, they dry out again. That's where you're extracting the lithium. Hmm. But it's t- it's lots of water. And, and most of the lithium is in dry places in Chile. So they're using all the water that the farmers and the locals would be using. Wow. To get this, to get the lithium out of the out of the ground, the, here I came up with this. I was, there was, this is an NPR interview where the guy's talking about how much, um, you know, how much lithium is 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 required. So the question, the question is, uh, so how much increased lithium demand could we see by twenty fifty? If today's demand for demand for electric vehicles, if we project that outward to 2050, for just the U.S. EV market alone, not taking into account any other country, the U.S. will need triple the amount of the entire planet's lithium production. Wow. Yeah. So, it, so, so, it, so, has so anybody we, thought so, about these? Things? Right. So when you when you make so when you pass legislation that every car in California by 2030 has to be like. You don't have the parts. Mm-hmm. Don't exist. Mm-hmm. So when and and let me see what happens. This is why what, government what happens shouldn't... when the supply is really, really, really low on something? How does that work exactly? <laughs> right. I don't yeah, know. I think, goes I, up. I think yeah. I read somewhere. Yeah. So this this is this is why you don't want governments interfering in markets because markets, the invisible hand of the market, tends to equalize these things. Yeah. We figure out this thing's more expensive. Okay, we'll use this thing. And you, you have these trade-offs and you people people find other ways of doing things. But when you have a government mandate, when the government comes in and says, no, you must have this, that, and the other thing, then now we have to get the the cobalt, the nickel, the manganese, the copper, the aluminum, all these things, whether we like it or not, and at you know, whatever cost. And it's it's a crazy way to run an economy. Yeah. You can't have these kind of mandates. And, right, and there's and there's no way that while we're going to make all of these demands, we're also going to make demands on other countries of how they get it out of the ground. Yeah, right. And and, and pretend it, that we're in the pro- and in the process, and if if 
it, if everyone complies, now you've quadrupled the price of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, is that how is that how you're going to get there? So now 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 sub you're not, you're not just subsidizing fifty thousand dollar EV cars. Now you're subsidizing one hundred and fifty thousand dollar cars for who? Yeah, and pretending that we're interested in human rights and you know opposed to child labor and all this other kind of stuff. Yes, yeah. and uh, then there's the bigger problem of the disposal of lithium batteries yes. that are no longer useful. So producers over the world are very secretive of how they are, their batteries, are, right? I mean, it's proprietary sure. information. Yep. But if you don't have that information, you can't recycle them. Right. So you don't know you don't know what your deal is. Only five percent of all spent batteries are recycled in the U.S., and they, the rest of them end up in landfills where they, you know, leak and contaminate water and soil, and you know. So I don't know. I mean, clearly that is good. that. Hopefully, that is the one of the challenges that people are addressing it's recyclability it's uh, re, you know finding yeah. maybe we don't need lithium and cobalt we'll right. find we'll make it something out of else dirt <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. well, so so if the free market is allowed so if you if, if all you do is pump 10 five trillion dollars into the lithium market mm-hmm. then nobody's looking for an alternative for the lithium that's yeah, what you're so, saying about the government's heavy hand on the, the exactly and, and and the problem is people have these naive ideas that this is some sort of Simple question. Oh, oil bad, electric good. All we need you know, is the government to force people to drive electric cars. Yeah. Boom. Everything Problem will be solved. lovely. But that's ne- nothing is ever that simple. <laughs> Things are so much more complicated than that. And, and only the market about, properly can figure all of these things out, not a bunch of bureaucrats. Right. So so you have the problem. Obviously, you have a problem of emissions. Now, of course... When people think that EVs are no emissions, that's stupid because most of the electricity to power the EV is coming from a coal plant. So that, I mean, that's stupid. To you, begin you know, with. It call, it, it, there are more emissions in the in, in the production of a battery than for the other for an entire car. Hmm. It's just that over the lifetime of the vehicle. Then, then the combustion engine car ends up passing it, mm-hmm. but in the to initially make it the battery itself costs wow. more emissions than the car. So, huh. ain't, yeah. ain't all that great. Yeah, and and we're so many people think they know the answer to these questions based on such superficial analysis of the question. Where there's so we much demand and you end climate change now. <laughs> right. Okay. Fix the planet okay. right now. Yeah, it's stupid. It's it's amazing. All right. So that's that's it. So I mean, I'm all for it, boy. I'd love to have my. I'd love to be sitting in a Tesla, a fantastic vehicle that costs. Eight times the car that I'm more than the car I'm driving. As long as it's powered by nuclear energy, I'd be, I'd be <laughs> and happy. Yeah. They're cool and they're fun. And most people that I know who are crazy about them aren't really thinking about the planet because mm-hmm. they are technologically so awesome. And I think that's probably that is way more driving this than people who are trying to save the planet. And like seventy eight percent of the of EV owners, mm-hmm. that's their second car. Mm. So you know, yeah. and then there's the, then, sure. then there's that. So yeah, you got you got to have the car you can drive on the long trip, which, <laughs> yeah. which isn't an EV because you got to stop and wait there for a go. half an hour to recharge your car. Yeah, do we have a man of the week or anything? I got a whole stack of them, so I'll just go with the. Oops, I'll just go with the first one that uh, that shows up. How about Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, who says. Uh, 
he doesn't think that the state needs to spend money on PBS television anymore. Well, why should it? Yeah. I mean, why, why do we need state-sponsored television? Yeah. Really? I mean, if if nobody wants to watch your show, your, your show of the Harp Quartet, mm-hmm. then sorry. Then you're just going to have to go down and find your Harp Quartet. We're not going to... Now yeah, I do I do think that there is a place for the the government to subsidize certain kinds of cultural cultural yeah. things. I, I do I think I think for example if if we were in a situation where we're watching uh, we're watching uh, I Claudius okay yeah. that's not going to be on your regular CBS yeah right? okay fine so there there is a place for subsidizing arts and things to a certain okay fine but. Most public television stuff is not the supporting the arts. It's it's promoting other well, things. Uh, yeah. How how about Let's Learn, which featured a drag queen known as Little Miss Hot Mess reading a children's storybook called The Hips on the Drag Queen Go Swish 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 Swish. That's exactly what we need. You know, so so uh, let me tell you a story from back when when the uh, Crow Hill kids were little. Saturday morning was the only time we had to sleep in. Right. And there's a standard rule in the house that the kids could go downstairs and they could watch public television. Uh, before we you know, let let us sleep in, they could go downstairs and they could watch public television. It would be like you know Sesame Street or Barney, yeah, yeah, yeah. Barney or something like that. And we're like, okay, fine. One morning, the kids wake up and they come in and they, you know, can we watch? Yeah, Channel Twenty Two. And they go downstairs and oh, and uh, we we go back to sleep. And they come back a couple minutes later. There's something weird on Channel Twenty Two. You know, I said, okay, fine, Channel Twenty Six. So so they go and they go to Channel Twenty Six, and then. And then they come back and there's something weird. And I'm like, what's going on here? So I go downstairs and watch. And at 7.30 in the morning on a Saturday, the public television show is doing this thing on trying to get children to report their parents for sexual harassment. Shut up. No, that's exactly what was going on. And I'm, I was furious. I was like, what in the world do you think you're doing broadcasting this at a time when kids are supposed to be watching Barney or Sesame Street or, you know, right. whatever. Electric company. Electric company, yeah. And and you're showing this in the right. morning? Right. It was so, disgusting. So, right. yeah, so, so, this is exactly what they're he, – he's, he's seeing. He's, right. He, he's going, yes, Masterpiece Theater, uh, I, Claudius, right. uh, Barney. Sesame Street. Okay, yes. Sort of neutral, cultural... Things that uh, we all like. Yes. But the the problem is... And and now uh, now the OETAs, that's the name of the radio radio station, Uh, yes, it's got all of its Pride Month programming. Right. It's got, uh, you know, Clifford the Big Red Dog now has lesbian parents. Yeah, so they're Uh, they're stuffing their agenda down your throat. And the question is, why should the public have to pay for this? Yes. And yeah. so uh, I say, I say no. Forget I, it. If if you uh, look, if you want to show us orchestras and yeah, you know, oh, uh, Claudius and other kinds of interesting historical things and educational things, not Shen Yun, the Japanese dance theater right, troupe, you know, whatever cultural things, cultural yes. stuff, that kind of stuff. Okay, I'm yes. I'm with that. 
but, but is Little Miss hot mess? No. Is that part? Is that part of advancing uh, culture in Oklahoma? No. It's, and it's crazy. No. And good for you, Governor. Governor Kevin Stitt. Kevin yes. Stitt. All right. You're the man of the week. Cheers. Crow Hill here. Thanks so much for listening to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill. If you like the show, please tell a friend or share it in whatever way seems appropriate to you. We also have a website, beerandconversation.com. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can reach us at pigweedshow at gmail.com. Thanks so much. See you next time.